on Big V Racing. Green light on. With Dan Malicki. Time to uh, preview the weekend's harness action with uh, Dan Malecki, and it's a busy weekend of Country Cups action as well. We've got the Bendigo Cup and also the Cobram Cup there on Sunday, and Dan Malecki joins us now on Big V Racing. Hello, Dan. Good afternoon to you, Matt. How are you? Yes, well, thank you. Uh, exciting time, isn't it, over the next couple of weeks where these Country Cups uh, are the centre of attention in harness racing? I know we touched on this earlier in the week, but uh, summer really is harness racing. Oh, it is always has been in in my mind. I can associate all the the hot weather with uh, with the hot racing of uh, in the in the world of the trots. So uh, this weekend in particular gets out to plenty of the regional areas. Obviously, a key country cup in the Bendigo Cup on Saturday night, Cobram Cup on Sunday, and just a little bit further south, Hobart have got their uh, pacing cup uh, a day where. Uh, uh, Emma Stewart's taking a number of horses over there as well. So you've got two in the feature event. But we're right in the thick of things. The, the Hunter Cups, um, well, it's only a month away. So all the lead-ups are over the course of the next month, Shepparton Cup, Ballarat Cup. Um, so it's right, well, I say it's right on our doorstep. But when you've got horses of the quality of rock and roll do, it's here right now, isn't it? Dan, uh, we had uh, Mark Pitt on yesterday. We talked about when they went to Tassie and won 9 out of 10. They're not going to do it again down there, are they? Wipe the floor <laughs> with them in Tassie? <laughs> yeah, they haven't quite got a runner per race. There's a number of races that they have runners in, so uh, uh, he'll go back uh, and I dare say he'll he'll win a few there. I know they've got runners in races one, two, three, four. Here we go. They're oh, come again. Up. Um, and then after that, the fifth there is, yeah, fifth there is as well. This might be a chance the more I look at it. Nothing in the sixth race, however. Uh, and then, of course, the cup where Emma trains two runners and Mark Pitt drives his ideal, like a wildfire as the other runner with out a driver listed. Uh, then there's a runner ideal rock and roll in race eight. And I think that's about it. So they won't be able to topple their record there. So some of the uh, Tasmanians can be confident that a couple of checks might stay in the Apple Isle. I heard Emma Stewart on the radio with you the other day, Dan, and she said she's always looking for ways to to challenge herself uh, in, in new ways. Well, she could have taken a runner down there in every race to have a crack at beating <laughs> her own record. That would have been a good place to start. <laughs> oh, I think one of the races got split and another one uh, doesn't allow interstaters to be involved, maybe for just that yeah, reason. That's why they, she couldn't <laughs> win the whole card last time. There was one race where she wasn't eligible to have a, a horse uh, that was trained outside Tasmania. So, so, um, Yankee, go home. <laughs> yeah, a bit like that. And speaking of Yankee, uh, and of course, uh, it was uh, great that uh, Emma was able to let us in on the possibilities of of taking a team of horses over to to uh, the US, um, and that's really interesting, and it was well and truly at the forefront of her and Clayton's mind mm. to take horses across to the US in the very near future. Yeah, I well, reckon there's a bit more to that. There's, we'll, we'll certainly be learning more about that in the, the months to come, I reckon, Dan. It sounds like it's well and truly uh, in, the, in the, uh, the realms of possibility. Hey, uh, we've got to talk about Bendigo this Saturday night, and we've obviously got the Bendigo Pacing Cup and also the Group 1 Maori Mile for the Trotters. Um, the Bendigo Pacing Cup is interesting, Dan, because um, if you re- it's basically a reversal of the barrier draws between the two major chances here in Rock and Roll Do and Major Meister from when they met a couple of weeks ago. And uh, Mick Stanley, uh, trainer-driver of Rock and Roll Do, was on with Matty Stewart on Racing Pulse earlier this morning. Let's have a listen to what he had to say regarding his Star Trotters chances. Um, it's, it's, it's always funny, funny the, the narrative around the, the barrier draws with Rock and Roll Do, Rob, because it doesn't matter whether I draw one, three, 
you know, oh, he's not quick and he's never quick enough, you know. And then if I draw 12 or 13, he's, he's drawn poorly. So he he can never get a good barrier draw, uh, it seems. But, look, one, one's good. I mean, you never knock back barrier one in a in a cup race. And I think he's uh, quick enough to hold his own if he has to. Obviously, we haven't um, used his gate speed very often because of his manners when he was a younger horse. But, um, look, it's a good opportunity to... Um, to test him a little bit before we get to the, the bigger races and, and see how quick he can actually get out. But um, whether that's quick enough to lead or or not, um, we'll see on Saturday night. But um, it's not the be-all and end-all. Um, you know, he can still win if he if he's not in front. Yeah, I reckon he summed it up pretty well there, Mick Stanley. Dan, oh, it's got to be seen as more of a positive than a negative, at least at this stage anyway. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And look, a lot of the times in harness racing, emphasis is put on leading. And when the horses are good enough, when they're simply top shelf, they can win from anywhere. And Rock and Roll Do is a horse that I'd be just as happy to see comfortable sitting outside the leader or with, with cover. So um, in his case, if he got crossed, I don't think his chances would uh, deteriorate. And if he's able to lead, and there's a good chance that he'll be able to, well, it's an added advantage. So... Um, uh, like we saw uh, the other night, Cormayeur draw barrier one. She looked like she had links on her rivals in her recent form, but she went rocky and she just couldn't handle uh, just being pushed a little bit to, to hold uh, a position from barrier one, yet clearly the quickest beginner. And Rock and Roll Drew, I wouldn't say he's the quickest beginner on that line, but he has got gate speed and sometimes it's up to him, but he is no one-trick pony. He's a seriously good horse, and seriously good horses win from any barrier draw. Dan, could there be, I mean, it, when you got a dollar seventy five, it's probably a silly thing, but could there be a bit of a blowout? Is Max Delight a chance or a uh, Torres Saint a chance? Well, Max Delight won his Victoria Cup at Bendigo. He, he really hasn't won too many races since, but he's going well enough and he's got gate speed. He's got really good gate speed where he could cross, but if he did cross, I'd say he'd look to take cover and rock and roll do could take the, the retake, for example. Jellyby Sylvester is the other one that gets out quick. Sicario now with a new stable. I mean, you couldn't see him improving enough to do it, but um, he's been a horse that's been in top races over time. Um, so Max Delight could absolutely uh, cross, but I think he'd be, he's much better as a sit sprinter. So if he did come out to lead, and, and when you've got a driver like Chris Selford or Greg Sugars, Nathan Jack, some of the drivers that are on that front line there, um, they'll very quickly be able to look at Rock and Roll Do and see whether he's pacing uh, well enough or not to hold the spot. And it'll, that'll take two strides. That'll take two strides at the start of the race to identify whether we pressure him or whether we can't cross him because he has got gate speed. It's just sometimes he takes a while to fill his hopples and, and then get into a rhythm. Um, so Max Delight, yeah, he'll he'll be one of those horses, probably 10 or $12 that you could very easily have something on each way. He's going well enough, but he's a bit of a Goldilocks horse nowadays. He, he just needs everything to work out well for him uh, because he does have a blinding sprint, a sprint and he needs the pace on, but he can make his own luck at the start and then take cover. Jason Grimson's hand here is interesting. Dan, I, I know you just touched on Sicario, but someone seems to think that he can turn his form around here uh, under new tutelage because he opened up $11, being back into around $6 now, and uh, Major Meister's been in great form. What do you make of a second-row draw for that horse? Yeah, it'll be interesting. We might find out a lot more about him. He's been able to use his gate speed to tremendous advantage his last two, so... Um, we know he's in good form, but it's a far more difficult challenge here. And we'll, we'll, we'll find out against Rock and Roll Do who's, who's fitter. He'll improve more with a run from Cranbourne than what Major Meister will. So Mike, the turnaround is more significant. Uh, hard race fitness. 
and a much better barrier draw equals to Rock and Roll Do uh, turning it around on Major Meister. But we're not really sure the new Major Meister where he, he's at now or, or where his ceiling is. And he'll have to do it a little bit tougher, whether that's three wide with cover or, or actually being driven a little bit tougher. So that'll be interesting to find out. He comes into the race in good form. But, look, Rock and Roll Do at his top is one of the best horses going around. I'm not sure he is at his top, but I reckon this race will bring him to his best. And the fact that he's got a, a good barrier draw, I think he's probably got a few lengths on most of his rivals personally. Now, Dan, we've got a Group 1 on the night as well for the Trotters, the Maori Mile, and this is a beauty. you got Majestuoso there, you've got Iron Ready Jet, uh, Olavici. There's a few handy horses in this. It is. It's a terrific lineup, isn't it? Um, in some ways, it's probably a, a stronger race than the Inter-Dominion Trotting Grand Final. I think there's certainly more depth in it, uh, even though the winner of that uh, Grand Final is not in the race, but the horse that was runner-up is, and a lot of the key chances are drawn well. I'm Ready Jet, second up. Um, has got the gate. Remember, this is over the flying mile here, so the pressure will be on right at the start. Hopeful Beauty's gone to a different level, I think, and Anton Galino and the Abbey Dam team have got uh, barriers one, three, and four, so they've got key runners. And Elder Baron Zuster on the front line, uh, also, I think, an advantage for him. Um, and a horse like Olavici, who looks like he might just get the right run. He's stepping up each time now against the top grade, but he's showing that he's right up to it. So that's a terrific race. Not sure who I like. Um, Probably the draw suggests I'm ready, Jet, but uh, Majestuoso, he's in the zone at the moment, and, and so too Hopeful Beauty. I reckon it's a ripper race. Outside of those two feature races on Saturday night at Bendigo, Dan, is there some horses that you're keen to see step out on the night? Yeah, there's a, a trotter in race number three called Shawnee, uh, American bred, and uh, we all know Shawnee Gallagher, a good friend of, yes. uh, well, all of us, but uh, in particular Bruce McAvenny. This horse was named after him, and he's won his last three starts. He's a really impressive type, and he is first up from a break, race three, horse one. He's up against Bullion Harry, so it'll make a good clash. Bullion Harry has had the one run back from a, a break, but I think Shawnee's destined to get mu- to much better things. That's race three, horse number one. It's, you know, race card for a cup night it reminds me of you know the days when i was growing up when uh, it was really impressionable and everything was done and dusted by about 10 o'clock oh we dream for that to continue um 9 the last event uh, saturday night so it's a compacted car but a really good program and even the last event on the on the card is a ripper a lot of depth there a very even race but i um i think arden's ace he's a horse that's come through the um Vic Bread series, his performances were outstanding. He hasn't won for well over 30 starts, which seems extraordinary, but he's going like a Group 1 horse, and this is his chance. He's in the last event, and uh, I haven't looked at any prices yet. I don't want to be put off one way or the other, but uh, he's ready to win a race, Arden's ace. Race 8, horse number 5. Hey, tell you what, Anton Galeno's got a good stable, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. Look, he's got some of the best-bred horses, the trotters, uh, anywhere in the world. And and, uh, that's genuine when I say that. The imported uh, blood that they're able to get, the semen transfers and the stallions that they've got, um, and and with uh, Elder Baron Park and Duncan McPherson, Yabby Dam Farms, uh, and Pat Driscoll, and even Jim Connolly with his KPC racing, what they've put into uh, the trots in particular, uh, it's grown at such a rapid rate. The quality of horses that are being bred, even f- the physicality and the quality of how they look is extraordinary, yeah. and they have some of the best bred horses going around without a shadow of a doubt, so it's no surprise to see them get results and have uh, such a quality team of horses as they've got. Well, this USA, or well, this Porter Horse, Sean, he's a stallion, so obviously they would be thinking stud future for him if he keeps improving. 
Yeah, look, he's got a, a bit of racing to go, you would hope. Uh, he's a bit of a late mature, and he, he's still well away from where I think you'd expect him to, to get to. But with all those mixed uh, bloodlines, and he's got the USA that's uh, next to him, he comes from a, a sire credit winner, and the mayor also was uh, a US bred as well. So he's a, he's a yank tank, and he's heading in the right direction. And on Sunday, Dan, we've obviously got the Cobram Pacing Cup and also the Cobram Trotters Cup on uh, on that program. That kicks off a lot earlier. It's at 12.35, the first race. So it'll wind up before uh, we hit the sack on a Sunday night, Dan. Um, <laughs> the markets aren't out, though, for the Pacing Cup. Um, but what do you make of the field? Oh, look, it's terrific. It's it's that next level of, of, of horses and at the next level of quality of, of, uh, of Pacers and Trotters, for that matter. But it's a terrific field. Both of them are. I think both the Trotters Cup, there's only a small field, but it's any one of the six could win it. Blue Coman, Zaram, She's a Pleasure, Robbie Royal, Don't Care Powder Keg. So it's a really good lineup. And the depth in the Pacing Cup is excellent. Again, there's a number of chances. Uh, horses like uh, a Lightning Dan drawn the, the front line. He, he's going up against, well, I say he's going up against the older horses, but he's just turned four. So he's taking on, he was three-year-old last week. So Serge Blanco's a horse I've got a lot of time for guys he's drawn barrier number one and it's funny we're talking about rock and roll doing perhaps going a little bit rough he can do things wrong at time but he's he's destined to be a, a, a top level free-for-aller i think serge blanco i really like what i see with him and i think he'll give you a great sight but it's a race that's got a number of chances do a great job at cobram it's one of those places that you would really enjoy going to uh, the races um and I can't remember a year where it wasn't you know, in, the, in the 30 degrees, and there's plenty of shade. It's a great place to be on a hot, today, hot day, and they've got a 10-event card there on Sunday, and that will lead into, even though it's in another state, to that Hobart Cup meeting because their program starts at 5.22 on Sunday. It's a twilight over there, and the reason I mention that is because of Emma Stewart and Mark Pitt being over there and uh, quite a lot of uh, Victorian-trained horses as part of that program. So as you mentioned, um, the uh, well, we don't think we'll be getting to bed early on a, on a Sunday night. If you like your harness racing, it may well be a, a, a late late enough night, but 10-12 was their last event on a Sunday night. That's doable. <laughs> now, the, that Trotters Cup, that's a handle of the race. Kate Hargraves, Links of Miles, the ladies looked to have the control of that, wouldn't they? That's yeah, problem. absolutely. Yeah, well, you look at the the uh, Ellen Tormey and uh, Shannon O'Sullivan got drives on that as well. Mm. Don't Care was terrific in the Group 1 the other night, run down by Loxley Lover. But this is a stand-start race. So, again, some of these horses are coming through uh, mobile races and back to a stand. Tell you the horse that loves the staying trip is Robbie Royale, who's likely to be the outsider of the field. And he came through an Inter-Dominion series. He performed pretty well, but he's a, a grinder, and he'll love the extra distance. Uh, and that's right up his alley as well. And with Daryl Douglas, the drive, who, who got a Group 1 winner on, on uh, Vic Bread Night, um, he might be the horse you want to have something on. And uh, I dare say he'll be at longer than $8, but he loves the long-distance races. Well, there's only about five bucks covering the entire field. Yeah, that's right. For a small field, it's yeah. pretty... Uh, uh, I don't think anyone would go there thinking that they couldn't win. Dan, what's the quality of horses like at Hobart on Sunday in the, in the Cup? Yeah, well, the Hobart Cup now is a $40,000 race, I think. Yeah, $40,000. So it's got a number of the, the locals. Ben Yole's got half the field. So 
Um, actually, he might even have more than half the field. I think he's got seven uh, of the 12 runners are trained by Ben Yole, who's had an extraordinary year uh, with his winners in Tassie, but also with his satellite stable here in Victoria. Um, and, but each of those, I'm not sure if any of those uh, can win. I think they're all about his ideal uh, and like a wildfire. Riley Major's a very, very good horse from Tasmania. Um, he has been a winning machine. He's won 35 races. He's obviously been around for a while. So he's one of the best horses in Tassie. So uh, another horse called the Shallows has got plenty of ability as well. But got a lot of time for his ideal. Um, I think he's a horse on the way up. He's only lightly raced. And uh, Emma and uh, and team have identified as uh, this as being a good race for him. And likewise with Like a Wildfire, a horse that's come through the biggest races in Victoria, He's probably either shown that he's just a length below those top-level horses or, uh, in this case, he's dropping back in class. So I would expect, well, I would expect that Emmett would be able to train the Quinella. I'd go he's ideal because of the barrier draw advantage, and I do think that both her horses have got a little bit on the locals. He is a good old horse, isn't he, Riley Major? He's been the, the pin-up horse, um, th- certainly in harness racing, in Tasmania for quite some time. He's about 10 years old. Yeah, no, he's been around for, for, for quite a while and, uh, hence, uh, he's 35 wins. And as a younger horse as well, he really stood out. He made a few trips, uh, across, uh, from, from Tassie and, and performed well, uh, in Melbourne. Kept going back to Tassie. He, he's got picket fences. I think there's been a couple of times there he's had picket fences of eight or nine or ten wins in a row. So he dominated for long periods of time. And, and as you can imagine, uh, the better he got, the harder it was to find races for him, particularly when they're on stand-start races. But um, he's getting towards the end of his career, but he's been a wonderful horse, and he can still show the visitors um, uh, the, to, you know, to make it hard for them. I think he can still run well. Now, just off the, uh, straight off the bat, Dan, have a guess. How many runners do you reckon Ben Yole, the Hobart trainers, got in there on, uh, sun- on Saturday night, Sunday night? Sunday. Uh, what do you reckon? Yeah, Quick well, guess? there's t- oh, 60. Yeah, he often has 60 or 70, doesn't he, he? 52, yeah, he's yeah, got. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Having a quiet night. <laughs> he could still train eight or nine winners, though, but then again, Emma's in a lot of those races, so maybe not eight or nine, but he's done it before. He trained the whole card once, you know, yeah, and... He He's got all but one winner a number of times. So it's pretty extraordinary. Yeah. And, and really, harness racing and Tassie uh, need him there because if you, you pulled every horse that he trains out, oh. uh, a couple of other trainers might have them. But can you imagine, A, the size of the fields? And, and look, the other thing is, if people are complaining about late nights, they can blame Ben because if he wasn't there, they'd be finishing up race eight at quarter past nine. <laughs> so, you know, if they're worried about their, their nights being too long, blame Ben. But, you know, look, he he's the catalyst he's for... The yeah, that's right, of, of harness racing, uh, in, in Tassie, but he's also, the spillover is he's got a good team of horses. The amount of races he's won here in a short period of time, when I say here in Victoria, in the last 12 months is also quite extraordinary. Mm. Hey, but Ben Yole, Dan, that is a magnificent effort. Can you just imagine the logistics? Cause we talked a couple of weeks ago about Emma Stewart having 26 runners at Melton. He's got double that at Hobart. Yeah. Yeah, you can imagine, you know, the amount of people that are kept in, in yeah, business would. there. He, he, he either has a number of, uh, transport trucks or he's going to have to hire some to transport those horses. So just a team of people that would be involved to look after that many horses, uh, as well. So he, he's not just, um, creating late nights for people. <laughs> he's employing people, you know, the staff that's involved right. as well. So big uh, operation. He's a, 
critical to uh, mm. uh, any success for harness racing in, in Tasmania. Hey, Dan, uh, the, the race made a real impression in its f- first ever edition last year, that New Zealand slot race, and I believe you've got a little bit of news around it. Well, it was. Yeah, you're right. I think it became that that popular. I was having a chat with Lynn Baker the other day, and he, he's often uh, taken tours to New Zealand, whether it be Inter Dominion or the Jewels, more so for a, a long period of time. But uh, with, I think we can agree that it was successful. The race uh, last year it certainly got us involved and interested, didn't it? Um, and we learn a lot more about that particular slot race. It's run on Friday the 14th of April this year. So Len had a number of people asking him would be he, he'd be interested in taking a tour over. And uh, and I, he's had contact with the club. The club are welcoming uh, that. Um, so he's putting a tour group together to go over and watch the race, which this year has run on Friday, April the 14th. So mm. for those people coming from Melbourne or around Melbourne, uh, it's a matter of getting in touch with, with Lynn Baker um, and you can go over there in style. Um, I think it's it's a it's a great thing, particularly for people that may not have been to uh, New Zealand before. Uh, go to the North Island. Uh, it's at Cambridge, but you'd get off at uh, well, the flight would be in in Auckland. So if you want to go, um, there's only X amount of uh, vacancies left. But I thought it was a great idea and a wonderful way to enjoy that big race. There's no doubt there's going to be uh, an Australian influence important for that race to succeed, that there are Australians in the race. And I'm sure we'll hear a lot more about that. But if it's okay to, to, to give out a, a, a phone number, guys, because I think uh, okay. Len's doing his best for it, but Len Baker and the contact number 0401-679-745. So that's Len Baker looking after that tour to the race, Friday the 14th of April. I think it's only two nights through away four, but it'll be a, a wonderful uh, experience, 0401 Six seven nine seven four five to go in in comfort and style and and watch the race. Yep, that's what it's called. There is a sponsor's name, which unfortunately I've forgotten it, but otherwise known as the race. Is, does that hit a spot with you guys? The race. Or that's does all you need to s- do. Well, yeah, that's fine. The race. That's it. The race by grins. Yep. By grins, that's yeah. right. And yeah. the winners have got that all over their face at the end. No, I thought grins. it worked really well last year. Big name yeah. horses worth a lot of money. It seems to be a successful formula in in all three codes. So. I yeah, thought it made a real yeah. impression last year. Now, it's funny when a horse's name stands out at you, Dan. I spotted one at Hobart, and it's straight away I thought, I've got to see what this is by because of the name. Uh, it's a mare by He's Watching from Fairest One You Are. They've called it the Ugly Sister. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's clever, yeah. There, there's one. There was a galloper there uh, not that long ago. It, I think it's been retired now. But say I go back in the last two months or so, and it was called Fatty Boomba. <laughs> really? <laughs> you much prefer to see those names than just when they combine half of oh. the, the siren, half of the den. That's just lazy. So. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. that's very good. Good uh, there's a bit of thought got in. That's very clever. Indeed. <laughs> hey, Danny, uh, cracking the codes this weekend. Have you got any guests lined up that we can promote now? Yeah, we're, we're looking at uh, uh, having a chat with Terry Bailey, uh, as in the race caller, mm-hmm. uh, Terry Bailey. Um, uh, I love his Tuesdays with Terry. Yeah. Uh, they're very informative. You can have a bit of a laugh, and it's quite entertaining the way that show has come about. But Terry's also invested into the breeding and the greyhound industry mm-hmm. as well. So we get a bit of an update uh, about his investment and where he's at with that. And I, I think he's fallen in love with the greyhounds, uh, so uh, it'd be good to have uh, him on as well. Uh, and as you can imagine... Uh, 
we'll have a, a show dedicated to uh, the three codes, um, as well as we lead into to the Saturday morning. And I'll be at Sandin. I'll be out at Sandin on, on Saturday and, and looking forward to being in the callers' box throughout the day uh, behind Matty Hill. Matty will be calling, but I'll be uh, anchoring uh, the uh, broadcast from uh, beautiful Sandown, which uh, I must say, is, it's... It's sort of my favourite track to go to on a Saturday now. I just love being at Sandown. It's just one plate. The quaintness of Sandown, mm. when you consider how little of money that they've put in there, um, it's perfect because of its imperfections, if that makes sense. Mm. Whereas, you know, Mooney Valley we know is is close to the end of its tether as we know it. I mean, sure, the new track will be fantastic, but surely it can't be any better than what Mooney Valley is now. Caulfield's sort of a bit soulless in a way, gradually, you know, increasing the new track. Again, it's going to be fantastic, but it's not going to be the Caulfield as we know it. And and Flemington's pretty much like the Barbie doll with, with all the enhancements. It is a perfect venue. Um, but Sandown, I just love it because of its imperfections, and, and I'm really looking forward to being there on Saturday. And, of course, I think punters will get that opportunity over the next couple of months to really enjoy uh, racing there because there'll be Group 1 races there over the next couple of months with the Blue Diamond and the Oakley Plate. So... As I think it rightly deserves, it'll be a quality race place over the next couple of months. I went out there a while ago. Dan hadn't been there for years to sand down, and it was like pulling an old slipper on, a comfortable old slipper. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I was out the same day with you. It was Underwood Stakes Day, yeah. and uh, it was just fabulous. And when the sun's out there, it's just a beautiful spot. And uh, I just, it's hard to imagine um, the racing scene without sand. Yeah. And, and and the truth of the matter is, it, it's it's arguably the best racing service. Beautiful you want to put up. You know, some of your, your Caulfield and your Flemington, but I think everyone involved in, mm. in racing would, would put up their case for Sandown as being crucial, uh, to the enjoyment of everyone involved. And I'm, anyway, I'm looking forward to going out there on Saturday. Look forward to uh, hearing you on the radio, Dan. I appreciate you jumping on for Green Light On. Enjoy the weekend. It's a busy weekend across all three codes. Go well. We'll catch up on Monday. Look forward to it. And, uh, I'll be at Ballarat tomorrow night. When we catch up on Monday, I'll be at Yarra Valley. Look forward to it, Dan. There's the great Dan Malecki joining us. As he does.